This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We have spent the last hour and a half talking about all kinds of ghost stories, urban legends from the turn of the last century, a haunted cemetery, an Irish folktale, the things that drive our fear, and much more. But what about when the call is coming from inside your own house? WBEZ's Curious City team asked you to share your personal haunted house stories, and you delivered. There's a a bad vibe that when you go there, maybe you're kind of looking over your shoulder because you're trespassing and you're armed guard fence and Dobermans and armed guards and you came and went by helicopter. I believe in ghosts, so I'm all for it. I mean, I, I think there's something there. Somebody called me up one time and said, "Hey, would you mind if we came and did a paranormal study of the people that were murdered at the insane asylum there?" Listener stories will be featured in the latest episode of Curious City, which you can find on your podcast feed tomorrow. But if you're like us and you just can't wait to find out about local hauntings, we're going to get a little sneak peek right now from the two folks sitting right next to me, Curious City's J.P. Swenson and WBEZ editor Cassie Walker-Burke. Hey, J.P. Hey, Cassie. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the Jane Addams Hell House. Um, so Curious City put the call out just a few weeks ago. You we were asking folks about their haunted houses. Did you get a lot of responses? You know, I will say we did not get a ton. What we got, we got some very thoughtful and very deep responses, which to me was very (laughs) cool. I would say, you know, fewer than 20, but I would say the stories that we got were definitely goosebump, tingling sorts of stories. Well, well, let's let's talk about that, because I, I wonder if you were instant believers. As journalists, you know what it means. We have to do our fact checking, right? So for a political story or an education story or a crime story, we know how to do that. We've got that down. How in the world do you begin to fact check a ghost story? Yeah, well, I mean, that was obviously one of the bigger challenges. We did not get an interview with a ghost by any means. Um, I would say (laughs) we got as close as we could, though. Um, You know, it involved a lot of just going back through history and kind of understanding where these stories came from and how they were, like, connected to the culture of the town that we were in, which is Barrington, Illinois. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a lot of it was just, you know, taking property records, talking to librarians, talking to people who grew up in the area and, you know, have experiences with these stories. And that's kind of what we wanted to corroborate. Well, one story that you guys zeroed in on was this sprawling estate in Barrington, as you mentioned. This was back in the 60s. It's on Rainbow Road. It's got everything, pools, uh, horse stables, tennis courts. A dream, it sounds like, right? Uh, But I want us to listen, though, to Robin, who grew up on the estate. She talks about this idyllic, lavish home and how she refuses to go back to it. We had our own gas pump, and we had these giant goldfish and the black goldfish with the big eyes and koi fish. And at one point, my dad even brought home a couple alligators, so we had pet alligators. It was just a great childhood. It was a great place to grow up, you know. I'm not going back to that area. I'm not going to put myself in that kind of jeopardy. So she says it's a great childhood, and she will never go back. (laughs) Tell us more about this estate. This estate is no longer there. Um, So in some ways, the estate is a ghost in our own story. And one of the things we set out to do was recreate the estate. Um, But the estate did it over two to three decades. It really was both a destination, a beautiful, opulent place. And, you know, referring to your guest before us, it became a place of decay. 
in a place where suburban teenagers, perhaps bored, perhaps lured by stories of things that had happened there, went and were lured in some sorts of ways. And so our story, I think, both captures the experiences of people who lived there and those first-person accounts, but also the accounts of teenagers and others who went to investigate long after the house had been left. Yeah. Well, JP, take us to Barrington. Where, where did you go and, and what was it like? Well, you know, it reminded me a lot of Gilmore Girls. It was very, like, picturesque. Um, and it was not a place that I would have expected there to be so much um, interesting history. Um, it was very quiet. Um, you know, all the lawns were very well manicured. It was big houses. Mm -hmm. um, and when we actually went to the estate, um, it was just surrounded by woods. It was a quiet cul-de-sac. Um, you know, it was one of those places where the neighbors came out to see what we were doing. No, um, of course. <laughs> right. And it was, you know, very wealthy area, um, but very beautiful, um, especially at this time of year. So it was a good setting. Well, let's hear a little bit more from Robin. Here she is talking about things that she heard in the house. My aunt was very aware of something being in the house, especially because over my bedroom was the attic. And uh, there was a lot of noise going on in that attic. Uh, a lot, and I, I hate to make it sound like this, but a lot of times it sounded like chains being dragged, which is so stereotypical, but it really did. Barrington's often listed as home to the most haunted sites in this state. What kinds of ghost stories did you all find? Well, lots. So in, in this little area where there's this estate on Rainbow Road, um, it's right near this other place called Cuba Road, which is home to White Cemetery. And all of these locations are very haunted, according to the internet. So you could imagine my excitement when I was told I'd be going there and checking these sites out. Um, but yeah, we heard everything from people driving by the cemetery and seeing orbs of light um, to seeing a house on fire that would disappear. Um, people saw a car in the headlights, or the headlights of a car behind them that would just suddenly disappear. But particularly, we were interested in the story about this little boy in overalls um, at the property on Rainbow Road that people would see if they drove exactly 37 miles per hour uh, past the property. <laughs> yeah, so we didn't really get a chance to do that, but um, we did, you know, learn a lot about this boy. So. Yeah. Well, you know, talk more about that, uh, Cassie, because you focus a lot on the history of Barrington as well in this episode. Why? Barrington has a fascinating history, and so in the 1920s and in the 1930s, when you have bootlegger operations, when you have outlaws like Al Capone and Babyface Nelson and John Dillinger, and they're going from Chicago up to Lake Geneva, and they're taking the Northwest Highway, and Barrington, with its farmland and its unincorporated sort of vibe, is just enough out of the prying eye of local officials, and there are local Chicagoans who have big estates who really don't mind having Capone hanging out at their ice house, and so it became a stop-off point for some of the names that we all know in Chicago history. And just that connection to Barrington also gives it just this really cool historic undertone and I think primes the area, primes the people there for the sorts of stories that then are more like our modern day ghost story. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit more about uh, whatever you can tease about the research process here, Cassie. Sure. So 
JP and I are not going to give away everything because we really want you to see this story tomorrow and listen to the podcast and see the really cool photos. But I will say that we did spend, um, between our team, we had a great team working on this project and between the different members of the team, we were up in Barrington several times. But the time that we were there, we spent time both on the estate, the former property of the estate. We went to an alpaca farm, which is near where Babyface Nelson had a hideout Mm -hmm. and talked with the owner there. That was very cool. We went to the White Cemetery, which is often locked, but was not the day we were there. And we spent a lot of time in the library. And librarians, let me just tell you, in terms of journalistic sources, librarians are phenomenal. They are. They are fabulous. Well, JP, not every story made it to the final cut, but I am sure that you heard some doozies, as you mentioned. Was there a particular story, though, of a local haunting that you would say stuck with you or just gave you just the heebie-jeebies? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, so Cassie can speak a little bit on this. She went through all the voicemails that we got, um, but there was a story of like a picture that people said was haunted, if you want to. Yes, yeah, so I would say the haunting stories that were called in kind of fell into three categories. One were haunted places, haunted spaces, that door to the garage in that apartment that maybe never opens. Um, the second category was objects, which I found really interesting. And so there was a couple in Edgewater who'd bought a new condo, and actually the condo was fine. But some friends brought over a picture they'd found in a maybe an antique market. And the picture caused all kinds of disturbances in the house. The dogs wouldn't go into the room. People who came to visit for dinner parties felt an eerie presence with the picture. Oh my and my gosh. favorite part of that story <laughs> is that the couple eventually sold the Edgewater condo and left the photo. <laughs> so somebody somewhere, there's photo is still out there. And the third, I would say, is just we did get some calls from people, especially from historical societies, who said that sometimes there's a very rational explanation for your house. And to make sure we warn people about carbon monoxide leaks, sleep very paralysis, there's v- sometimes very rational reasons for why you might hear something in your house. Yeah. And we did get some of those uh, tips. That's true. That is WBEZ's Cassie Walker-Burke and J.P. Swenson. You can hear their final spooky piece for Curious City tomorrow at WBEZ.org. Or you can search Curious City wherever you get your podcast. Thank you.